1: We all up in your area like landscape, definitely bringing you the power slam and pancake. It's the mandate that you tune in. It's time to move out so we can move in and recognize that this is no illusion. I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion. It all started off in the book of Genesis when Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis, And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him, he touched his tip, but he really could have devoured him. And from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we got to change.
4: You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Episode 297, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. As always, I am Chris Featherstone. Follow us. On Twitter at Crave Wrestling, and be sure to hop over and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, we are three episodes away from 300 woohoo! Big, big, big stuff. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have weekly interviews as we do all the time, all the time. And we're going to have fun. and We're going to have exciting interviews like the one tonight, ladies and gentlemen. This person I'm, I'm excited to bring on the show. This person is a former uh, Impact Wrestling star, former FCW star. Uh, he is a second-generation wrestler from the famous, from a famous, famous family, uh, especially from the NWA. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the one and only Wes Briscoe. How are you tonight,
5: sir? Oh, man, doing awesome. How about yourself?
4: I'm doing fantastic, man. It's great to have you on the show tonight.
5: Man, I'm glad to be on your show. Absolutely.
4: So you come from the legendary Briscoe family, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Your your father is Jerry Briscoe, Gerald Briscoe, and uh, your 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 uncle is the legendary former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. So you're an early '80s baby, and uh, so how was it growing up uh, with the Briscoe name?
5: Well, to be honest with you. When I um when I was born my dad kept wrestling I think for about another two years my dad and my uncle mm-hmm. and then they retired where my dad kinda went behind the scenes with uh WWE and my uh uncle um just flat out retired. He was just
2: worn out
5: and was done. So like as a little kid I never really never really got this, see them really much as the nwa day mm-hmm. but then as my dad started doing the stooges and <laughs> doing that then i got to see him more on tv and then i got to then i started knowing more about the business
4: yeah yeah let's let's talk about the stooges uh for a moment so during the attitude area uh for those who are listening who aren't too familiar with the attitude Era, which many people are most people are uh Jerry Briscoe and Pat Patterson uh were Vince McMahon's stooges and they uh uh Vince McMahon was a, a mega heel at the time and he <laughs> and he had uh Briscoe and and Patterson is doing his dirty work a lot of times, especially in the ring. Uh and basically they had many, many moments where uh, they were just uh kind of played as a comic relief uh to a very serious and villainous uh this man. So uh so you were, you know, in your teens at that time. You were you're in high school around the Attitude Era. How was it uh just being around uh that that era of the Attitude Era and and the Stooges and what are just some, some things you remember from uh your father back then?
5: Well I kinda of got into a little bit of a lot of fights because everybody would make fun of my dad Because of all the funny stuff my dad was doing on T V and mm. at the time I didn't know that he was being entertaining. I always, you know, knew of my dad and my uncle as, you know, the great NWA wrestler. My uncle right. was a two-time heavyweight champion. My dad as the NWA uh, light heavyweight champion, then multiple times tag team champion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of was like, hey, what's going on here? I didn't really know. And, you know, sometimes kids would kind of pick on me. And, you know, of course, me being a little fiery West Briscoe, I would always fire back. And uh, so it kind of got me in a little bit of trouble because I was like, I kind of didn't understand it. That's a you know age where you're trying to be cool in high school and all that other stuff, and then your dad's wearing a dress on t v
4: yeah yeah that's a that's a that's a very very good point uh as as far as just uh yeah but you know the the good thing is that uh, it really revived his character i mean a lot of people uh didn't of course people who understand just the legendary tradition of the n w a or very familiar with your father and your uncle. Uh, But, uh, you know, it was a good way to just kind of revive the Briscoe name in the 90s. Now, what was it in particular that prompted you to pursue the wrestling business? I I love speaking with second- and third-generation people because sometimes, you know, people assume that it's a lock that the, the son or daughter want to pursue wrestling, but sometimes it isn't. What's your story on that?
5: Well, one one more thing. you also forgot my dad was also uh, during the attitude era a two-time hardcore champion. That's
4: right. That's absolutely right.
5: But um, um, right after uh, high school, um, I was a a two-time state champion wrestler. I did uh, boxing, karate, played football. And then I also was really into extreme sports. Mm -hmm. And I got the opportunity to become a, a professional wakeboarder. So I took that opportunity and got to like travel the world and got to wakeboard and be on the X Games and had my own professional wakeboard the West Briscoe board that's sold all around the world and got to see a whole different, you know, style of life of living in the extreme sports world. So that was pretty crazy and then uh, one time I came home and visited my uncle and I just something came over me where I just got that itch. And Mm -hmm. I've always wrestled in the ring. I've always, as a little kid, I've always been in the ring. I've always, you know, trained when I was really little. So it wasn't, you know, something totally new. But I just had that itch to kind of go back and try to, you know, give it a shot. I just, I don't know, I just got this weird feeling that, you know, I was just kind of meant to, you know, step back into that ring. Yeah, absolutely.
4: And like you said, uh, Gerald Briscoe, your father, um, was really pertinent in the WWE uh, in the 90s. And even then, before then and after then, he was uh, very instrumental in the recruiting process uh, as far as acquiring uh, new talent for the WWE. Now, when you started uh, for the FCW brand, which is now NXT, was it was it because of your father saying hey you know kind of talking to Vince saying hey give me a shot because uh, when I talk to you know different second and third generation people they actually have stories that you know say that the people who are on the the agents and the the booking team creative team a lot of times they're actually harder. On second- and third-generation wrestlers because of that level of expectation. Was it the same for you as far as, you know, when you worked with FCW? How did you get that opportunity, and how were you treated uh, backstage?
5: Um, it, it was definitely wasn't really treated so good, but I kind of got also signed because of um, me being in extreme sports. They kind of wanted to, see, that to appeal to a different demographic, you know, yeah. kind of like skateboarder, the snowboarder, the surfer, the wakeboarder. So they were like, oh, well, maybe, you know, we'll give lessons to try. And, of course, my dad was also like, you know, hey, my son's a professional wakeboarder. Maybe we should, you know, see if we can pull out some different people and, you know, go that route. And then, too, like you said, backstage are always ten times harder on you. They always expect ten times more of you, which – you know, I don't mind because I don't mind pushing myself, but it is a lot tougher. And then, too, you know, some of the other guys, you know, kind of will hate on you because, you know, they think that you're just there because your dad's last name or whoever, you know. They'll just, you know, just be mean to you or, you know, try not to help, stuff like yeah. that.
4: Yeah, you, so you had those encounters with just some veterans not being willing to help you as much as uh, as you as you asked?
5: Oh yeah, definitely.
4: Mm, yeah, and and was it did it hurt or help just your motivation as far as uh, continuing with the
5: company? Oh, it always would always help. It always would fire it up. If you let that kind of stuff eat you away or get at you, then you know you're already defeated. So, yeah, you know this, That stuff is you know fuel. You know that goes out to all the listeners out there. You know, Whenever yeah. Whenever anybody tells no or you can't do nothing. Don't listen to them. You can always try. You can always keep going. You know, you might not always make maybe make it to the top. As long as you keep trying and you know living on your dreams. As long as you're happy and you have fun, follow your dreams and you know never give up.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, what was it that uh, really prompted you to uh, be released from uh, FCW? I know that uh, you, you did some work there for for, for a little bit and uh, uh, you, you were let go. Did anyone, you know, give you a clear-cut reason why they uh, released you?
5: Well, I was uh, getting ready to debut. I was going to be at the pay-per-view the next uh, Sunday. And at the time, me and Xavier Woods were the uh, FCW Tag Team Champions. Right. And um, they were going to push me and Xavier to be the next really big tag team uh, down there because we were different looking. We both best friends. We both got along you know, really buy together, really get in the ring. And they saw that, and we were getting over really well over in FCW. And so last night, the night before I was about to debut, I um, was doing my finish with a double corkscrew off the top rope mm-hmm. onto uh, Ginger Mahal. And um, something ended up happening where Ginger kind of, I don't know, if he didn't, I don't know, just something ended up happening where I ended up tearing all three major ligaments in my knee mm-hmm. and had to get a knee surgery that uh, took me out for about eight to nine months. And when I got finally healed and ready to get back in the ring, the writers and everyone said that they just didn't have anything for me. Xavier Woods was always doing another thing. Everybody else was moved forward and I kind of just got lost in the shuffle. And, yeah. uh, you know, I got released.
4: Yeah. You bring up uh, uh, two interesting names, of course, Xavier Woods and Jinder Mahal. Xavier Woods uh, now, you know, becoming a, a record-breaking team champion, and Jinder Mahal, <laughs> you know, this year, out of nowhere, really, becoming the WWE champion for uh, quite a quite a bit of time. Now, with those names, with, with Xavier Woods, with Jinder Mahal, uh, you know, you had some experience, you know, competing, with them in FCW. What are your overall take of uh, both of those names as far as their career, and have you spoke to them uh, since uh, they've uh, elevated their WWE careers?
5: Yeah, I definitely uh, kept in touch with them, and, you know, you could see in the um, in their younger stage of the career that they were going to be good. I mean, you know, Ginger still had a little bit more work to do, but Xavier Woods was already ready. I mean, you know, he had a little run at TNA, did some stuff in Japan, and you know, he was he he was really really well, and he taught me so much, and I was blessed to get to tag with him because yeah. I learned a lot from uh, Xavier, and I learned a lot about psychology and learning a lot about you know throwing a little bit more flashy moves in there, and uh, he really uh, helped me out a lot, and I was really blessed to get to tag with uh, Xavier Woods, him, and, and also the Usos really helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Henning really helped me a lot.
4: Yep, Curtis Axel, um, yep.
5: Cur- Curtis Axel, um, Ray helped me out, me and Bo were best friends, me and Heath Slater were really, really, really close, I mean, a, a lot of those guys that were the top guys, you know, uh, Johnny Curtis, Frank Dango, you mm. know, a lot of those dudes, you know, were really good friends of mine, and, you know, all of us kind of stood together, and hung out together, and, you know, they're all really good people, and they always Help me and push me in the ring.
4: So, how were you able to uh, get your spot in uh, in TNA Impact Wrestling? Of course, uh, you were part of the Gut Check Challenge, and uh, you kind of came in through, you know, by way of Kurt Angle. That's that's how they uh, kind of uh, made the angle at the time. Uh, so, how how was it that you got that opportunity to uh, become a part of that uh, of that fiber of the, of the Impact Wrestling brand?
5: Well, at, at the time, I was uh, living in Puerto Rico, wrestling for Carlos Colon.
4: The World Wrestling and, um, Council, right?
5: Yes, I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, living down there, yep. and I guess one of the guys saw some my luck and saw my tattoos, and they were kind of interested in me. And then Bruce got a hold of my dad and asked my dad what I was doing, and my dad was like, "Oh, he's in Puerto Rico down there wrestling." You know, trying to, trying to get better. So Bruce was like, oh, well, why don't we uh, bring Wes up here a little bit and just take a look at them So they brought me out. I did a match, and, you know, they were really excited and they were really happy with it. And they were like, well, we got this thing coming up, and we think you'd be really good in it, and, you know, we'll offer you a contract and see if you'd want to do it. And, of course, you know, I jumped right on that. You know, you can't pass an offer like that.
4: Of course not. Yeah, so let the listeners know a little bit more about the Gut Check Challenge. Now, uh, you know, there's people who said that, uh, you know, it was a shoot, and some people, you know, said it was kind of, um, kind of, you know, fabricated a bit as far as they kind of gave people opportunities, but no, but knew who they wanted to really bring on. How how was it as far as you're concerned? Were were they? basically locked in of of giving you a contract and kind of introduced you that way, or was the gut check challenge the real deal for you as far as getting a contract or not? Half and half. You said what again?
5: It was was half and half.
4: Oh, half and half. Okay.
5: If if I uh, didn't do really well, they uh, they weren't going to go with me at all. They were like, that will kind of destroy you. So either you better, uh, shine because we have, all, we have all these other people coming that are super talented and you better, you know, step it up because if you don't, you know, that's going to be, it you know, we're not going to use you. And to be honest with you, during that promo time when we had to cut the promo, I mean, everything I said was truthfully from the heart. There was mm-hmm. nothing that I did not really mean. I mean, if you really watch, I kind of tear up a little bit. Cause, mm-hmm. You know, I, when I'm out there, I, I fully believe and I give it everything I have, and, you know, this is a dream of mine, and, yeah. you know, hopefully I can fulfill it the way I want to fulfill it. So it was, to be honest with you, that promo was 100% real and honest, and you can hear it in my voice. You can you can see it in my emotions, and that's why I think the people, if you hear them, if you hear in the background, that was over. I mean, the people, they they wanted it, so that yeah. was a good thing. Yeah, so absolutely. So I did my
4: yeah. I think it when it comes from the heart, you know, this passion and promos that, you know, people can it resonates, you know, a lot of time you deal with crowds, they know when you are speaking from a script, you know. I think I think the audience yeah. kind of catches that now. <laughs> but uh, you know, when it comes from the heart, I think people will be more prone to, to to clap, and you'll get over more. Uh, I'm, you know, of course, a lot of people who are listening are waiting. You know, they're they're salivating over this question and waiting for it. And I'm so I'm going to ask it. Let's talk about some aces and eights. Uh, so, how in the world were you selected out of the entire roster? How did that? How did that just chat go? How did the, the, just the creative process go as far as selecting you? And of course, you would. Uh, you would be against the aces and eights, and then uh, you were you came down from the cage. You were on Max with with Garrett Bischoff. Very interesting reveal. I think with the aces and eights, I think it was a really really good start to it. It kind of uh, kind of doled out uh, at the end, but I think the the big reveal, you know, when when uh, people come and, and kind of unmask, I think people really got excited about that. It was a really good mysterious angle. And how were you selected and what were your overall thoughts on the the, the time span of Aces and Aids?
5: Um I am Eric Bischoff was the uh was the main dude that came up with the whole scenario. And that was coming from a, a Sons of Anarchy from watching that and seeing how well Sons of Anarchy was and he yep. just had you know, Eric Bischoff has a really brilliant mind and uh Came up with that uh, that gimmick, and you know he had a, he had plans for everybody, and it was one of the best times of my life, and one of the best experiences of my life, and I got to be with all my friends, all those guys that we were together with. We stuck together, we hung out together, we were we were together. I mean, we took this serious. We we wanted it to be something very very special. Yeah, we wanted to it, we treated it like like it was our baby. This was our, our opportunity to as an example, and, you know, create something totally different, which, you know, if you look at it, that's what started the Shield. It was because of us. Uh I mean, if you really look at it, we started before the Shield. We came through the crowd. We had the mask on. And what did they do? They did pretty much the exact same thing. Uh And, you know, um, I really think that we could have got a lot more out of it. I think, you know, we could have turned half one baby face, kept half heel, had a few in between, like, uh, two clubs. Um, what really happened was that they uh they hired two new writers and the other writers got fired and they hired a bunch of new people in charge and the new people in charge wanted nothing or any script or anything to do with any of the other writers or mm. any of the other people in control so they scratched everything and just that's why it just kinda of just ended and they were always like, Hey, well that's kinda of weird. Like what's going on here? Yeah, and that was kind of uh End
4: of that. Oh wow, yeah, it, it 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 have a really abrupt ending for sure. Now was Bully Ray? Well, you know, I've asked this before. What was it, it, as far as you know, other people who are who were members, but I'm interested in your take on this as far as what you've heard. Was Bully Ray? Uh, he was he just the guy from the very beginning, or were there other options?
5: Uh I don't. I think there were other options.
4: Hmm. Yeah, yeah but, really but Bully Ray was uh, the one who was selected at the end as far as being the leader.
5: Uh, yeah. Mhm. Yeah.
4: yeah. What, what are your thoughts with, with working with him?
5: Oh, he was a nice dude and it was it was all right. Mhm.
4: Yeah, so you were in the being released from Impact Wrestling or or let go. How how did that unfold as far as just uh your relationship ending with with impact
5: um it was a mutual agreement i was uh i got the opportunity to go get to wrestle for new japan and at the time tna was cutting everybody's contracts um, cutting money from everybody and i was going to stick with them but they weren't going to let me go wrestle for new japan or do other things they wanted me to strictly be with them and i just was like, hey, there's other opportunities out there, so I figured it's best for to uh, leave on a good note and yeah. uh, just, uh, start some other uh, different adventures.
4: Absolutely, and let's listeners know what's uh, what you're up to now.
5: Oh, well, I'm wrestling all over the place. I'm wrestling in uh, Canada, Montreal, for uh, G and W Great North Wrestling. Um, right now, I'm their TV champion for Hannibal TV um i'm in london i go to europe a bunch um japan Um, i'm pretty much everywhere if you want follow me on twitter at west briscoe it's the one with the blue check and then on instagram is westbriscoe19 feel free to to follow me check me out see what i'm up to see if i'm coming to a show near you because i'd love to meet you guys and say hi
4: awesome it's been a pleasure wes appreciate your time
5: Oh, man, it was a pleasure. and Thank you for having me on your show. I really really appreciate it.
4: Thank you. Have a good night.
5: Love you, too.
4: Bye-bye. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it.
1: Four corners, three On mine. Let's go. Let's go the whole squad is making it clear, we've taken this year you know who we are, but you don't know why we're here, so this is where the big boys play, these big boys play, like who defies the living God, get out the big boys' way outsiders with the swoop in we live as kings, you see in us but our third man waits in the wings, and when the time is right we shock him with the proper attack I go for dolo, but ain't solo Cut the promo in black, Hollywood Hendrix, Frizzle, pinning
3: them to the man I'm Dash Wondekin, with the strength of a hundred men, with one intent, to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap out your gas in your rags torture, white coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturn, they raving, anticipating I was frostbit, now I am Glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals, using God for my defense. In Alabama, we jamming. That's beautiful Bobby Eaton. Me and Priest, we the dangerous alliance. Nah, the so Harlem Heat. Tie the do-rags before we do battle. You're talking sheep. You are what you speak. This too still Now we're in
1: took back, we repping that work pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking. Yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust. Pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness. Some people must that. Stamping out this crook rap. He turning the power we're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man, we bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our
3: group, too. It's good to be king, sold out this war, it's brutal. We playing them war games, our army go move, too. Youth crew, I'm in the Baptist with a bat in my hand, and stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, the Brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it the to the <laughs> this is where the big boys play huh
0: we ain't here to play
4: All right, ladies and gentlemen, 297 episodes. We are live and living, culligan, funky like a monkey, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have so much fun. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right into the show. We got my boy from Under the Mat Radio,
2: uh,
4: Evan Tech Prouts. How are you tonight, sir? Doing all right.
2: How are you doing?
4: But the, uh, well. the difficulties up and uh, fixed, and everything's good. We can hear you. We can hear Sick you live in. and live in color. Sick Absolutely, in man. Absolutely. Great, we great, can man. hear you good. Yeah. Can you hear us good? Great.
2: Yeah, I can hear you good. I'm using the blue seat for my cell oh. phone, so dealing with technical uh, oh, difficulties all day, but we're here. It's no reviews. Absolutely. We'll like Jim Ross there. No. Out. We're live, pal.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a what a what a moment! What a <laughs> oh, man. We're live, pal.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're live.
4: Oh, poor Sid, poor Sid. Yeah, that oh, was a... <laughs> that was something that he probably will ever regret. Um, regret because that's something that.
2: So he's that uh, song, brother.
4: Uh, Half the man, half the man. <laughs> you are half the man that I am. What, what did he say? How did he? How did he even mess it up? I can't even mess it up, and I'm trying to. He said it's
2: something uh, the. Uh, you um, are man. half
4: the man that I am, and I have half the brains that the you, brain
0: do. you do. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, oh
2: with man, shit. Poor man. Oh man,
4: God, God love it. God yeah, love it. God, God bless him, man. God bless Sid. That was, one, the of those,
2: the
4: that was one, of, one of those. things that 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 said, you know, that it, it was a it was a weak spot for him. It, it really was. I mean, just uh, as much as amazing big man and one of the best of all time, as far as big man is concerned, uh, you know. That was that was one of his that was one of his things as far as his promos. It's like sometimes you know a lot of times less is more, and once you get to the point where you're just doing a lot of talking and you're not in like your your uh, gimmick isn't created to talk too much of it. That's when a lot of times that's when a downfall occurs as far as just making sure that you know you're not doing too you're not doing and saying too much, and so. I think with Sid, you know that was that was his deal. I was, you know with Sid, it was just yeah. We're like...
2: <laughs> not talking. Exactly. It's just...
4: Yeah, it's like it's like when Kane, you know, when Kane lost the voice box, you know, most yeah. for the most part, a lot of the stuff he said and did was just you know, it went kind of downhill from there.
2: Yeah. Some people just need to be yeah. quiet. I, I even think with Strowman, I, I think Strowman is talking too much. Strowman is talking too much. Oh, yes. Yeah. He, he, he's definitely good. talking say too like much. Three, four words, like incredible heart. Words, just incredible say a heart. few things. Yeah. And that's
4: it. That reminds me of Andre. You know, Andre didn't have a lot of uh, talking. You know, he and him would do most of the talking. And, you know, Andre would, you know, I will cut you and I saw awesome a man. You know, and, it's, and, it's, and that's, you know, Heenan <laughs> would, you know, Heenan was, you know, he was just, just the out He'd throw it to, to Andre, and Andre would give his sentence or two, and it, it made it even more, made it even more, uh, it made it sound much more legit, you know,
2: yeah, well, I mean, you know, when I mean, you got the great Bobby Heenan, you know, the late great Bobby Heenan there with you, or you had great managers, they could talk for you. How cool with barbarian They you never had to talk. It's, you never heard him speak on camera. He made them. He had made, great he managers. Still, apologize if you Yeah, he made them like stars. going in and out.
4: Bobby Heenan made them like stars, too. They didn't yeah. have to do much talking, either.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
4: that's, 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 that's... What's that?
2: Oh, no. no go right. I'm, here. I'm here.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was, just, I was just talking about how Andre... Uh, you know, that was one of the things that, that, that a good manager would do. You know, and... Uh, I mean, I think the only thing... I think the only manager who does it now... That makes it work is is uh, Heyman with with Lesnar. Oh yeah,
0: of course. Cool.
4: Um, otherwise, otherwise you would hear Paul say something stupid.
0: Uh, <laughs> was,
4: <laughs> <laughs> Paul say something stupid. <laughs> that was just that was another thing that was like man, it's better if you don't talk. What do you what do you think about Taker talking because you know. You know, was going Bear that. Paul Bear would set him up pretty well, and then you know he would just do the the simple rest in peace. But you know, eventually it got to the point where Taker was doing most of the talking, and I don't know if that was if that was a good thing.
2: Well, it shows the evolution of Taker. Taker didn't need to talk because he was literally a dead man. He was literally the fighting dead or, you know, the walking dead. Um, you know, as his career, you know, as his career grew and evolved, you know, you can see how he started talking little by little, especially with the, the ministry, you know, the greatest vision, the greatest design. It's like, what are you talking about, Taker? But he was, it's the ministry Taker, and he just started talking, like, an ease, you forward, like, death riddles at first, and then... I, I think his best mic work was when he was Booker Red, you know, when he was when he was uh, Dead Man Inc as a heel. You know when he was just talking, and he didn't really talk too much. Like he had the prefix left where he didn't talk too much, he didn't talk too little. He got across what he had to say. That was it. Um, and I think Tick is one of the few that went for his career where he said nothing, and then he talked, and then he went back to saying nothing, and then Dead Word. Where, where he was feeding more breath when he kind of talked for a couple of minutes, be like, "Wait, you're talking now," and now he doesn't talk anymore. So it was just he goes off and on. But I think Taker was successful at it. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty much how it is. Taker was able to apologize for that fans, We're dealing with some little technical difficulties. But uh, you guys are listening to Pan Asian Populism. look for a stone is the host, and of course, yours truly. Evan Tech Prout, the co-host. Um, Tucker always was great. You know, he went from not talking at all to talking a little bit, to talking, to not talking at all again, to where he's talk, talking a little bit. And now is whenever we'll they're talking to, you know, whenever they're ready for him to talk, they can. But, uh, you know, Sting is the reverse. He started talking a lot, and he didn't talk at all. So, you know, it, it shows a lot of your character if, you know, you definitely can go from that before you can go from now talking uh, to talking. So, with all that being said, we are right now about to go into the headlines for the show. This week's headlines. Give us a second, fans, of waiting for the music to hit. So, please bear with us. We do thank you all fans, for listening to... Pancakes and Paul fans have been very dedicated, dedicated fans through everything. A lot of interesting headlines that you have for you. We have a total of four or five headlines. The first headlines, I'm sure you fans listening now live or that will be listening to this archive, we're really going to trip out at this one. Because when I saw it in red, if I just saw an article on this, I couldn't believe it. It just laughed. But uh, if you get a chance, fans, as well, uh we definitely would like to know. You can let us know, uh, if other stone has everything up uh, and coming. Let us know fans, are you still excited anymore to listen? I mean I listen to watch SmackDown live. And then you'll play live. There we go. Two our headlines, thinking for Q and A music. First line is that Hogan, brother, 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 Hulk Hogan challenges The Rock to a WrestleMania match, and he's very serious about it. WrestleMania 18 was winning The Rock, went against Hulk Hogan, the dream match. They dubbed it Icon versus Icon. Um, uh, this match happened back in 2002, and Hogan wants to challenge him again. Uh, Hogan, I sent a tweet to The Rock in a tweet message that said, yo, at The Rock, if you need another headband, this time you need to give me my rematch. let see if you can take it, brother. That's all out. Only love, but I'm serious about the rematch, brother HH. That is Hogan's Twitter um, tweet that he sent on Twitter to The Rock back four days ago. Uh, definitely, um, very funny <laughs> to see Hogan challenging a rock for a rematch from 2002. About 15 years ago, 14, 15 years ago this match happened. Um, I, I thought that match was great. I thought the match was great. Uh, definitely a match that uh, I didn't really expect for us to see. Uh, around that time, of course, you had Uh, you know. WWE uh no question, WWE going around, WCW had just closed less than a year. And um like you said, Hogan came in, uh Jeffrey Challenge I remember watching this live. I thought it was great and and, and the one thing about the match is once we eighteen that was kinda of bizarre and <clears throat> memorable was that the fans in Canada actually went against The Rock and started cheering Hogan, which no one can see that coming. Uh, and, and you see the fans, start born The Rock, and they cheering Hogan. And for, uh, of course, Hogan to be the age he was, to me, Hogan was always had to be in his 50s, since even 1983. See, like, Hogan was always 55 in my mind. For Hogan at that time, to catch up with The Rock, and the match was very well-paced, and this was done well, and I thought it was a very... Very good match, you know, it wasn't a rock, it wasn't a Steamboat and flair or Brett and Sean, but it was a great work match that definitely was uh, done well. But of course, we remember what happened the next next Monday when Hogan became a face and looking with the NWO. Definitely great times. I'm not looking forward to seeing this match. I hope this match does not happen. Uh, the Rock is not in the wrestling shape. Of course, the past few times The Rock did wrestle at Mania versus John Cena, uh, The Rock got hurt. So the Rock is not in wrestling shape. Hogan hasn't been in the ring in a good amount of years. But hey, who knows? When you put The Rock or Hogan or any marquee, it's definitely going to make you money, and that's definitely something they Vince would love to do. For that, um, Featherstone Chris Featherstone will be back momentarily. So, with all that being said, let us know what you think. Do you want to see The Rock versus Hogan again? Uh, 15 years later, WrestleMania is famous for doing rematches. Like we mentioned, The Rock and Cena. We've seen Bret against Yoko. Uh, we've seen matches where two participants wrestled three times, Triple H and Undertaker. Undertaker against Shawn Michaels. I'm trying to think of some other matches uh, that happened twice over the years at media. But
4: uh, definitely uh, something brother. to see. Something to see is he, Featherstone is back. Yeah, back brother? Brother, brother. <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna do? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Hogan and Rock, um, uh, I you know, Hogan's sixty-four years old man. I mean, it's really, <laughs> I you know, I think it's one of those things that he's trying to have his. Another fifteen minutes of fame, you know. It makes me think of if he meant to say this is a Superdome instead of the Silverdome. If he what if he said the Silverdome on purpose just to get a little bit more uh, uh, people talking about him? <laughs> if it was a work <laughs> at WrestleMania Thirty it was a work.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is a. Like I was telling the feds when he came back on, 15 years ago, Hogan has always been 55 years old. In my mindset, even since the break from Hulkamania, the Rock is in no wrestling shape. he got hurt the past few times he wrestled, and him. Right. I'm not looking forward to it. And, of course, you add Hogan and the Rock is going to make hella money. But that match is, uh, gosh. I mean, even to switch to TNA, when Hogan went against Sting that one bound for glory, which – The match. (laughs) Yes. The nostalgia. (laughs) was brutal. The name by itself, of course, drew money. And how long ago was that? What, six years ago? (held) That Bound
0: for Glory
4: was 2011 or 12? 12, maybe?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It, I gotta yeah, it that was uh, I been twelve. Yeah, and it wasn't
4: Sting's fault because Sting still could work, but it just Sting was in Sting was in t-shirt shape too, man. That was it was it was a saddle around for me. I mean, it just it was two thousand eleven, but. Uh, yeah, he it, it was it was t Search thing in 2011 too. Now he ended up getting in really good shape when he came into WWE, especially when he went against Seth Rollins. But uh, yeah, T-shirt thing. It's it's one of those things that man. It's, we saw T-shirt Flair, we saw T-shirt Hogan, we saw T-shirt thing, and. uh you know, we even saw T-shirt uh, Triple H uh, <laughs> at Survivor Series, although he was plugging his own T-shirt. Uh, <clears throat> but you know, eventually, uh, if you don't—I mean, the older you get, the, the tougher it is to <clears throat> to maintain a, a very awesome, you know, shape. And you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, uh, if you, you're going to be in T-shirt shape, if if you don't maintain it, so you got to make sure that you do cuz you know that's uh that's one of the things that you come across when you are you, when you have a body when you have a shape like if you it's one of those things that someone like Bray Wyatt, Kevin Owens, Mick Foley, you know, all of them can get away with it, you know, for years and years, you know, really their whole career. But it's one of yeah. those things that if you're if you're if your body, if your if your gimmick is built upon having a you really like, nice, you know, really nice shape where uh, that that's that's where it gets really tricky, you know, cuz you get into the t-shirt, you know, phase, you know, people are like, "Oh man, I mean, they start feeling sorry for you." And then you know, you, you don't want people to feel sorry for you when, it, when you're coming in the ring, especially if you or a legendary figure who's been around for a while, you know. When you, I think T-shirt Flair is one of the one of the worst cases. It, it get it got to the especially Nitro when he was a, when against the, yeah, team, the, nice Nitro. the last yeah. And he he said that He said that he did. He didn't want to do it. You know, he he was talking about that. He just he was in the, best, the terrible shape and just it just gets it just gets embarrassing when you're when you're trying to. You know when you yeah. built your career around having a, a nice shape, you know at least a, a very cardiovascular shape. You know,
2: Ric Flair
0: wasn't.
4: Day. Yeah, but I mean, Ric Flair wasn't the buffest guy. You know, I mean, he wasn't the, he, he wasn't that type. You know, he wasn't the. He wasn't no His character wasn't known for being buff. I mean, he was in really good cardio cardiovascular shape and in great shape, but. His character his character wasn't known for being buff, like you know, like a Batista or like a Sting or like a Nikita Koloff, you know, and um you know, it, it got to the point where uh it, but at the same time it was a shape that if it changed to the worse. And with Flair it just got it got to that point. And I, I just <laughs> I just don't see I mean, if Hogan if Hogan went against The Rock, and you know, he would one hundred percent, without question, be in that stage where, you know, he would wear a T shirt, <laughs> and you don't want to wear a T shirt to WrestleMania. Uh, I know for you know for a fact, you know, based on all the people I know the WWE to talk to, Vince wouldn't make it. You know, Vince wouldn't be okay with that. That's for sure. Uh, and uh, that's what yeah. it boils down to. Vince isn't Vince isn't going to be okay with it, uh, with you wearing a T-shirt at WrestleMania, <laughs> and I don't I don't think that I don't think it's going to work out for for uh, just from a physical standpoint. Now, you know he does tweet things as far as uh, he, he does tweet things as far as you know his shape now and saying that. You know, he's still in great shape, which, you know, for almost 65 years old, he's still in really good shape. Oh, yeah. But, you know, but, if, it, but if, Hogan, if it relegates him
2: Hogan,
4: with the t-shirt, it's, it's pretty much a done deal for him.
2: H- 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 Hogan's stomach, ever since he came in 2002, was always like yeah. a countertop. It wasn't like flat; It always came up yeah. and then it like went sunk in. And it was always kind of weird. And Hogan is in good shape for sure. Like you say Flair just was a, had an athletic body. You know, you had the stings and the warriors and the road warriors and you know, and and something Cornette did mention about how you know it's kind of tough when well, your body is your gimmick. Or you know, your body is one of the things. that cell is really tough. You get older to keep it up. I mean, Rick Rude had one of the best bodies. Carl Orndorff. Even you know, Hercules Hernandez. Yep. Um. And as we see, you we start wearing T-shirts to kind of let you know where you're at pretty much. At a stage, even your body is in the shape of where you need it, or you just, you just look flabby and nasty. Um, right. But it's an advantage to the Kevin Owens of the world that wear shirts as a part, because they can get away with it ten, fifteen years from now. Their body types is not right. really to the seven, seven, seven. You know, it was just, you know Kevin If Kevin Owens Russell was out shirt, it looked look weird. Like when we saw with Flan Stingos with that shirt, it was weird. I was like, wait a minute. It doesn't even make sense. And the pet peeve of mine is I hate Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. When he wear that shirts and he tuck it in that trunks, what are you doing? That's not Jesus. I guess always the pet peeve. I never understood. The wrestlers wear that shirt, flared to too, and he tuck it in that like it's a T-shirt. Never understood it, but, I don't know, um, uh, definitely, uh, uh so I know we're speaking on Flair, I know that definitely, uh, segues to the next headline, Brother Son, if you want to go ahead and talk about it, I do apologize again for any the technical difficulties that's going on, talking, uh, As I mentioned before about Ric Flair and about wearing t-shirts and what have you, the next headline is in a recent table for three that just was released called Legendary Rivals. You had Ric Flair, you had Sting, and Ricky Steamboat. And during this episode, Ric Flair mentioned how he feels that SmackDown is better than Raw in many cases And one of the things that Excuse me, Rick Flair talked about is how it had Very athletic competition He mentioned he his is AJ Styles Tensuke Nakamura And the Owens. So this is very uh, interesting To see, you know, Flair Flair is very honorable He's a legend legend of legends Giving his opinion Flair has never had a problem With giving his opinion on anything and it's very curious to see how you, the fans, think. Do you feel SmackDown Live is better than Raw? Do you feel Raw is better than SmackDown Live? Do you even feel that T-O-5 Live could be better than both Or NXT? But I'll say this. I feel with SmackDown, it's more athletic and it's more wrestling-based. And SmackDown has been portrayed as such for a good while. It, Raw has the, the air quote the bigger stars or it's more of a show, more story storyline driven. Not to say that there's not any good matches, but Raw just has a different feel, more like a workers feel, more like a markability feel. Where SmackDown is more athletic and more more about wrestling and athletics and the work into the ring. So um, I like both shows. I can't really say which show I like better right now. It is too different for me. Two different shows, I would have to say. But uh, I do remember the time during the the Russian era, around the early millennium, SmackDown was the better show. It was, gosh, it was so much action. You, know, you had Ray before his left knee surgeries, and you had Baby Edge, and Christian, and Eddie, and there just so many people um, that's going on. <laughs> Nobody else says you cannot hear me. Hold on one second, fans. Cody fans, you can hear me now. I do apologize for that. I'm dealing with, dealing with technical difficulties all day on my show and here on Pancakes of Power Slams. So we would definitely like to apologize. But is Raw a better show than SmackDown? Is SmackDown better than Raw? There are a lot of areas where I do I really do enjoy watching SmackDown. There are some areas where I enjoy watching Raw for different reasons. But if I'm going to watch a show where it's strictly wrestling, I'm going to go with SmackDown. When I watch a show that's more storyline-driven, I'm going to watch Raw. Thoughts um, on Ric Flair saying SmackDown is better than Raw? Definitely show. I will say one thing about SmackDown I do like is that you see more of the authority figures, more of the SmackDown, you know, of course, more of Daniel Bryan. Aaron O'Shea McMahon with raw. You, know, you see Angle, but Angle just comes on here and there. Angle just comes on here and there. So I, I don't really look at him as an authority figure. I don't like how they're really using him at all. But uh, Shane and um, Daniel Bryan, they use better as authority figures and they rather really seem more influential mostly influential to the storyline. Yes, we're well, back. We apologize Once again for that as a uh, myself, uh Admin Tech Pro, co host FAK for Power and host under the Radio. Um, me and Chris Alistair are trying to work out Technical difficulties we're having with the audio And with uh, our sounds So you fans can hear us And so we can hear each other As I mentioned before A few fans did hear me Or could have heard me about Rick Flair he Said Smackdown is better show than Raw In all many cases He didn't mention the name since so she's AJ Styles Since King more, and Kevin Owens Of course Flair is a legend's legend And Flair always is more towards the more athletic um athletic showing more wrestling instead of focusing more so on the storylines. So I'm not really surprised that Flavor thinks SmackDown is better than raw. So we're gonna go to our next headline in a second. And like I said, fans we really do apologize. Um for this
0: All right, let's let's get this okay. going. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. No, so going let's right, get right. this going. <clears throat> yeah, let's get this going.
4: We're live, pal. That's three, two hundred ninety-seven yeah, well, uh, episodes. We're live, pal. We are we are good to go for the rest of the show, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Yes, we are. I, I know so we're talking, talking about, about Flair? Yeah, yeah, just talking about flair and. You know, how you say SmackDown is better than Raw, in the past table for three with Ricky Steamboat and Sting. You know what I'm saying? It's not a – perhaps you're not too surprising that Flair, which is SmackDown being a better show. more for the athletic stuff and, you know, the athletic prowess of SmackDown, his daughter's on there, Nakamura, Orton, uh, so AJ Styles. So not too surprised.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's what he was mentioning, I mean, especially, you know, from a Charlotte standpoint. Um, I definitely think uh, uh, that the, the talent, that the level of talent from, from SmackDown Live, you know, it has that kind of still, it has that land of opportunity feel. And I think that's with, you know, Raw still has that more sports entertainment type of feel. You know, it's kind of not as much anymore. But, you know, back in the back in the day when Heyman was doing a lot of the writing and the creative standpoint from Smack for SmackDown
0: sure.
4: you know, uh, he he had that opportunity where um he had that opportunity where He was doing a lot of the booking, you know, and it actually helped in a lot because, you know, he was talking about before that he was that Vince Man was still very competitive, and so he liked the the Raw SmackDown kind of competing against each other. Nowadays, it's just kind of like, you know, full on Vince Man that it isn't it isn't. You know, SmackDown Live still has that land of opportunity feel, right. but it does. at the same time, it's like um, it all feels that it's all under the same umbrella as you know the WWE. Like it just it all it, it feels as if it's a WWE umbrella. That's why the whole yeah. Survivor Series pay per view. That I, I didn't really buy it. We were talking about that with Double T here on the show. I didn't really buy it because it all feels WWE. It all just feels like
2: yeah, exactly. you know,
4: two. It doesn't feel like two distinctively different brands. It just feels as if there's two. There's just split. It's just, it's just
2: split, you
4: know, right. one. You know, what I mean, one chunk of people here, one chunk of people here. It doesn't feel like a. Um, uh, it doesn't feel like the, the, the MLB, annoying. you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like AL versus NL, you know. Like, but that's that's yeah, the AFC. biggest thing. That, yeah, exactly. I'm going to say that as well. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel AFC versus NFC. And I think that's one of the biggest things with, um. that's one of the biggest things with the WWE. It doesn't have that AFC-NFC feel. I think that it's, it's kind of to the detriment of them because it's not really working out as well.
2: Yeah. So I, I definitely agree. It's I got a little bit of happy doing the whole sweatdown as well, but like it is like it's the same company. And granted the NFL is the same company too. you know, all the other sports sports events are the same companies. But it's just how they're branded and you really special doing the all the actual All Star game. Like uh, the best All Star game out today is major league baseball. That, that that's just my opinion. Right. But uh, when it's done and even though they have interleague, it just has a different feel where it means that like okay, National League's best against the market league best. And right. Slower versus Ross it's just it just doesn't have that feel. It's like okay. Right. They're going with each other and that's it. Yeah.
4: And that's the sad part. It really is. I mean, you know, I really hope that uh one of these days, um one of these days it, it 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 has that feel to it but uh right now it it certainly doesn't <laughs> that's for sure uh it it's not uh, it, it really doesn't it really doesn't have that feel to it unfortunately and uh i definitely think it has the uh the ability to but uh not not anything not anything right now unfortunately so uh, eventually it could but I think it's. T- I, th- I think it just takes. A, I think it's going to take quite a bit of. Um, uh, you know, that's that's the thing. I really don't know what it could take to have just a simple NL versus AL feel, but it, it has to be. It has to have that feeling where it's really distinctive. It doesn't really have that. It, 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 I wish that it does. I wish that it could one day, but It, it is again, it just all feels like, you know, uh, under a WWE umbrella. It,
2: it, it can feel like that. It's just, it's a lot of things you can do for it to feel like that. You keep them separate, you have them travel separately. They don't make mention of anybody. It's just not That's a right. thing. You, can you do. can't you can
0: save
2: make it alive, separate. baby. Yes. Keep it alive. <laughs> Right. Yes. That when they when yes. he and he come together It makes you even more
0: special. Yes
4: exactly Absolutely correct Yeah I, I think that If you keep kayfabe alive like that I really think that it has the ability To
0: um,
4: To do something really good But if you just kind of keep everybody Together And you know have pictures of broad Strowman And roman reigns floating around you know, I think it just kind of Kills the ability, you know. Of course, you know this isn't the '80s anymore, and we and and, and we get that. Now, we're not saying get back to the '80s. We understand that. But the issue is that it doesn't really feel like Raw and SmackDown, especially it doesn't feel like Raw versus SmackDown because it doesn't create the illusion of. Uh, it, it does create the illusion that these are really these are legitimately two brands that are in, in animosity with each other. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have that that feel to it, and and the and that and that's what that's I think it's to the that makes it kind of uh, I think it, the fans see right through it. I think that's where I think that's right. where the problem right. lies.
2: Just yeah. have to do something drastic now with the is Defenders are a lot smarter than what you give them credit for. You have to do something very drastic. Right. For it to yeah. seem like it's a split.
4: Right. Yeah. I think I think that's what you I think that's what you do. I think if they wanna do that same I mean, they've been plugging that on, on um on Survivor Series, you know, Oh, you know, the, the only time of the year where Raw and SmackDown goes head to head, and they keep they keep plugging that same thing, that same Raw and SmackDown head to head type of thing, but it's like, still we're not we're still not buying it. You know, it's just like, who who really cares if if Raw and SmackDown are going head to head, if there's no type of feel. That you know, even anyone cares about it. You know, that's 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 the thing. Is there's no distinction.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. This you agree with you. Maybe one day.
4: Yes, yes, maybe one day. What's the next headline?
2: God, the next headline is a again. Okay, great balls of fire. Gosh, I hate that that's name. Gracious. Great balls of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Great Brother Fire and I believe No Mercy Remember that theme song That, that, that song Will be excluded From the 2018 Take Review lineup For next year I'm yeah. not sure if anybody's yeah. really Really gonna care I mean granted Great Brother Fire This year had uh, I believe the Miz I'm sorry the Miz I'm saying the Miz Yeah Yeah uh, this went against Ambrose for I see title reigns when against get in the Ambrose match. Um, you had um actually I'm sorry uh, am I wrong on that? And I didn't do apologize. No, actually right yeah it, uh, Brock defeated Joe. Um Brock defeated yes. Samoa, Joe. Yes, Brock defeated Samoa
4: Joe on that uh, on that uh, yeah bye. Yeah uh, we got uh so we got uh, quite a few people little uh, on the wrestling rumors live stream. We got Kira saying sure. hello. First time watch, Hello, Wendy. Um, Rob asks, uh "Who will Brock be fighting next?" Um, he's actually he's actually scheduled to come to. Uh, actually, uh, I think it's next week's RAW. Actually, I think uh, it's going to be Providence Dunkin' Donuts Center, and I believe it's next week's RAW. Um, so that's that's that. Uh, let's, 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 uh, let's address a bunch of these questions here. Uh, what's up? Eric asks, what's up with Paige and her new girls? Um, oh.
0: Absolution.
4: <laughs> <laughs> ben Hardy should be the, uh, should be the
0: spokesperson for Absolution. uh uh-huh, Yes. Oh, absolution. Absolution. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I definitely think he should be the uh, Spokesperson for that
0: um,
4: <laughs> Let's see I think Lesnar Kevin says I think Lesnar shouldn't be champion anymore Him having a belt isn't helping Raw um, I'm actually okay with Lesnar having the title um, yeah, that, I think that it I think that it takes sure. Yeah I, I think I think it helps um I think it helps kind of make other stars. Um uh, I think it helps make other stars. I think people like the Miz, uh, you know, it helped the Miz, uh it helped people like that. So I think, you know, there's 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 advantages to it. Um, let's see.
0: Uh,
2: the that seems the the title Means a lot more that you don't see Brock On a regular basis The title holds right. a lot more weight When you don't see him as much and As opposed yeah, to exactly. every week He's defending it every week Right
4: The old uh, Hogan uh, Tactic when you 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 know you Didn't see it every week which actually Helps uh, substantially uh, Chris Asks uh, When will Sting finally come back Uh so. No, he's not. He, Sting is the greatest of all time, but he's uh, he's not coming back. Unfortunately, you know he's sorry, guys. He's just not going to come back. I apologize. <laughs> Sting's not coming back. Sting's not coming back.
2: Um, so you said it about Brett. You, Brett, you said, you said about Brett.
4: He said oh, Brett would never come back to WWE. He, who wanted hope. Bret Hart to come back? Nobody wanted Bret Hart to come back. <laughs> no, come nobody
2: on. didn't. Nobody did He looks. He, looked, he, he looked,
4: uh, You know, speaking of the t-shirts, t-shirt Bret, that was quite sad. That was that was quite sad, and, and oh, we hope that didn't happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, oh, so it. Yeah, t shirt, Brett, ladies and gentlemen. Got a bunch of questions here. Sean so said, Lashley's contract is up with Impact Mania, him, and Brock. Um, would I be interested in a Mania match with Brock Lesnar
0: and Lashley? Uh, um,
2: the the itself uh, would be well. I just think the build-up. Because you got Heyman, talks with Brock, Lashley, and I just was with Lashley last week on Carolina, on was like two weeks ago, Super a nice guy, but his voice is so soft.
0: It is. <laughs> I, I spoke to Lashley,
2: too, in
4: uh, uh, um, WrestleMania weekend. And uh yeah, just real soft voice. <laughs> his voice is soft. Yeah. And it's like it, it, he,
2: oh, he his yeah, promos man.
0: just his
4: promos just aren't gonna you know, just aren't gonna work for him unfortunately. And that's that was one of the biggest detriments for Lashley because you know, he just it's a, it's unfortunate for Lashley because he he's a, he's a monster in the ring. I mean this guy, and I think you know people a lot of people you know unfortunately rightfully so criticize Impact Wrestling, but you know it's one of those things that uh,
0: yeah
4: it's one of those things that it really helps Lastly it helps Lastly substantially and it helped him hone his craft. Um,
0: and, and,
4: and yeah, so, uh, so so I think you know I think it, it definitely as as far as you know Raw and SmackDown, it, it really doesn't
5: really doesn't matter
4: to be honest. It just really doesn't it really doesn't show much of anything. Um, there's no comparison there. All right, so let's uh, let's tackle um, uh, as far as Great Balls of Fire. I knew that that wasn't going to be around anyways. You know, it, it just wasn't. Uh, uh, it just wasn't good enough, honestly. Unfortunately, um, it was the one, one and done. I thought it was going to be, and then lastly, Rebbe Hardy, um, Rebbe Hardy and Sister Abigail. Uh, I think that I think that we can have something going on here. I think that I think that if they would have, it's one of those things that it's it's good that they didn't. Um, uh, it's good that they didn't bring in Sister Abigail You know of course we don't Want to wish ill on anyone As far as the health is concerned But it's kind of good that they didn't bring him In Because it still kind of brings it still kind of keeps that element alive And I right. think With uh, and, and, I, and I think with um, The Sister Abigail If they did Do uh, If they did bring Rebbe in you know, they could, you know, somehow bring in Sister Abigail, bring someone up from NXT or um bring you know, I think they were talking about one time, um uh what's her name? Crowbar, uh Daphne. They uh she was being considered for that. Um, yeah. Yes, so we've got, got a lot of we got a lot of a lot of people talking about raw Um, Next pay-per-view coming to Canada I don't know if there's any Canadian Pay-per-views There's usually one in Toronto I think Survivor Series was in Toronto last year Um, I don't know anybody else I don't know anything else Uh, Let's address some of these questions Um Uso's versus the shield equals money, as was Zachary said. Uso's actually did call out the shield uh earlier wow. earlier today. Yeah, I think um, tonight, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did see that on the video. Uh
0: Kara asks
4: in your opinion, whose talent is not being used correctly? That is a fantastic question. Same as any- I would certainly say I, I, I would certainly say Bray Wyatt. Um, I think Bray Wyatt's to be babyface. Uh, I think his uh, his everything about his character's ran dry. I mean, you know, as far as Raw and SmackDown's concerned, um, you know, I, I like the I like the woken gimmick. I think you have to use that for Matt Hardy because I mean, essentially, <laughs> the, you know, you really don't have much. Of, uh, much else of a choice um, uh, really, I really don't think He he was just to, to the point of just being a super jobber And It really wouldn't have worked out for him If he didn't do anything else, to be honest um, So this And I've called this I've called this on the show for weeks now uh, Ever since Matt Hardy was You know, by himself With Jeff um, I caught it. I said, you no, know, we we want to see. I want to see personally. I actually said Broken Matt versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Archive. Go to the archive shows. I actually booked it. I uh, booked it from like Rumble to Mania or something like that. I forgot what it was. But go to the archive he shows. Did. I booked the whole thing. And um, I definitely think that uh, uh, it's kind of come to life. You yes. did. Yes, I did, you
0: did. Yes, I did. I did. I had a <laughs> premonition. Yes, and I
4: booked, I, I I booked the match with me. I didn't I didn't reach any seven deities. I I talked to one deity. <laughs> um, let's see. Jonathan do you think Brian will leave WWE? Um Robert uh, Robert kind of asked something about Daniel Bryan as well. Uh why Daniel Bryan on SmackDown and saying is making all the matches and Daniel's backstage doing nothing. Um I think it boils down to I think it boils down to a potential heel turn from uh uh Daniel Bryan and I and I tweeted this. It seems as if we're going to see a Daniel Bryan Hilter. Um, I don't want to see it, but it seems like they're trying to kind of freshen up the Raw and the SmackDown uh oh, the SmackDown GM and Commissioner. It seems as if they don't want them to get along, perhaps, which is kind of odd to me because Stephanie McMahon, yeah. it's just it's just really odd how they're doing that because
0: Shane's is a baby it, is
4: face, it, which Shane should be a baby face. Uh, it, it, Daniel Bryan should
2: be it, a baby it, face, too. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you got, you got to do something to change it up. I mean, like you said before, it's, you make Daniel Bryan a, fa- a heel, you know, Shane needs to be a babyface. But, but then again, is this? Why do you have to make him a heel? Why can't you just have them have different opinions? You know, right. Know does and have to that, go? Exactly. That, and they were kind of doing that for a number of weeks now,
4: and just making Daniel Bryan a heel is just the honest thing to me. Like the yes chance, he's just a, a bona fide babyface. Um, and it just you know just just doesn't make sense at all. I definitely hope that uh, um, you know they they didn't. It, I hope that it doesn't get too bad. Um, um, so yeah, I definitely hope it doesn't get too bad. <laughs> um, all right, so ladies and gentlemen, let's get to. Let's get to the flavor of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about the top five moments in Nitro history. Top five moments in Nitro history. We are get to the flavor of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Coming up soon.
2: It is now
4: time for the flavor of the week. All right, the top five moments in Nitro history. Top five moments in Nitro history. So, Evan Tech Prout, what is your top five moments in WCW? Nitro history with the amazing Nitro music.
2: Cue the music. That's <laughs> all good. A uh, top five moment in WCW Nitro history in my opinion is Flying Brown versus Jason Van der Liger at the debut of Nitro. Bug Brown versus actually has footage of the three matches they did at a house show, from so from a stand cam <clears throat> they never was televised. But um this match was groundbreaking. I thought it was great. Debut on Nitro, you got to see your first hand of cruiserweight action. They didn't really call it cruiserweight stand, but it was this very athletic competition. Um, you know the smaller <laughs> guys and uh people don't give Swan Bryan his credit and um I think even you mentioned uh, I believe uh in the show last week that you and I did Um I feel like if Brian didn't pass away on time He would have been the world champion too. But to me top five Five yeah. Brian So just like Nice well,
4: I like it Um so my top five Is well, my, my number five is Um DDP rejects the NWO offer. Doesn't um, it? I yeah. I I think that that was absolutely fantastic. Um, I was a big fan of that. Big 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 fan of that. Uh, I think that with I think that with that, with that moment, you know, it was like, I, and I interviewed him on the show. I think that that was definitely a defining moment for for uh, DDP. For those just joining in the live stream, uh, number five to me was when DDP. We're talking about the top five moments in WCW Nitro history. Um, the top five moments in WCW Nitro history. Uh, Evan Tech was talking about flying Brian Pillman, jumping over. What did he jump over again? Uh,
2: um. Brian
4: filming against Lager. Yeah, Bryant filming against Lager. Uh, that was Evan Tech Prout's uh, answer there, and the answer that I have is uh, when DDP rejected the uh, NWO offer. Uh, that was one of the defining moments for uh, for for DDP. Uh, when I had him on my show, he was talking about how instrumental that was uh, to helping him just kind of. Uh, just kind of go to the next level, uh, as far as that's concerned. Um, what's your number four?
2: My number four is Sting. Shows up for the last time in his colors wearing a red and white tight and says, You can consider me a free agent and only thing that's in for sure is nothing for sure.
4: Nothing's for sure. Well actually right. I'm wrong.
2: Actually, I'm wrong. I'll take it back. He did not see those words. That was the last time he showed up when the, he said. The only thing that's for sure is not for sure when he beat up Bogus Sting. I'm sorry. Fourth was his best time he came out with the red and the white tights before he was Black and White Sting. And the yeah. the the right little things and and I believe I can't I can't think of I can't remember if it was Bischoff that mentioned it to me or J J Dillon. One of my favorites, by the way, is go back and watch it. When Sting came out and he wore the red tights and the white scorpion, his back was towards the hard camera the whole time. And it's the little things that you don't mention, that you don't notice. And he talked, had his back towards you. And Sting said the one thing, he said, for all of you that didn't believe me, you can stick it.
0: You can stick
2: it. <laughs> he did the same. he did the arm gesture, and he walked away. Yeah, yeah that was, the sure one that was number four for me, the final yeah. moment, because that's a moment I never Absol- forget. Absolutely. I thought he was going to
4: go to the Number four. Yeah. Number four for me, uh, I think, you know, I just got to go back to um, the drawing board for me. When, when, Luger, when Luger debuted. Luger. Uh, Mall of America,
2: uh, Minnesota. Catholic Church.
4: Uh, yes
2: uh. right.
4: <laughs> Past the
0: <Lex>. uh,
4: uh. <laughs> when he came out in the clergy, sir. Uh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Um, yeah, when Lugar came out, you know, it's one of those things that you know Lugar does it. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of credit as far as uh, just what he's done in the business a lot of people uh, have negative things to say about him unfortunately uh, but uh, he did he didn't do a lot you know he, as far as just kind of turning the page as far as you know he was just on uh, raw and he made the, def- the defection over to Nitro and it, it really helped him and uh, you know I think that was one of those things that uh it really set the bar For Nitro As far as being a competitive uh, You know competitive thing For a competitive uh, um, Brand uh, To go against Raw Alright what's your number three
2: My number three is uh, Goldberg Defeats Hogan at the Georgia Dome For the night that was One of the best Venture over to Hogan knew with his this time to give it to, to, give it to Goldberg. Um, this I remember memorable Nitro. This was great. It was great. I remember me and my grandfather watching together, and even he got excited. Granted, Goldberg didn't keep the title too long, but um, that was why Goldberg did keep the title,
0: until
2: You know, what we do not speak of happening okay.
0: <laughs>
2: but, yeah, definitely great. Yeah.
4: Now, just to be clear People live stream This is the top five moments In WCW Nitro history I'm seeing Great American Bash I'm seeing Ole Anderson Gets kicked out of the Forestman That never happened on Nitro Uh, Keith says Hogan Goldberg And that was actually My number three as well Goldberg defeats Hulk Hogan um, At the Atlanta the uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. The, the Georgia Dome, which is unfortunately now demolished, um, as of the uh, yeah, there was a bus. Yeah, <laughs> it was the local bus. <laughs> uh, the local <laughs> oh, man. I
0: can't So tried to Turn
4: view in. the demolishing, and you know, how poetic that a local bus. Uh, just, you know Blocks it up, I thought that was hilarious Um NWO debut It's Sting's return, Chris says Uh, there's a bunch of Different, uh, really, really good cool ones here Uh, what's your number three, Evan? Uh, number two number, number two, rather, number two, yeah NWO,
2: NWO Beatdown at MGM Studios
4: Ooh, so just yeah Ramos right Studio gets the, uh They
2: the beat him up Ray just saw into the trailer something my mom, my, my late beloved mother, always remembered, remembered to the day she died and would last And I, I, I just remember, we, we thought, everyone thought it was real, the sight was real. I remember my mom ran into my grandfather's room, and my aunt watched it. But the one thing I remember the most, even though it was, even though they said, what happened to Ray? Remember, Ray and mm. Eddie and them said these words. It was three of them. It was three of them. No, it was two. It was three. They kept saying yeah. it was three. There was saving in the fact that Hogan was in. So, and, and shout out to Savage doing the most random stuff. Savage jumping on top of the car at the limo. And he drove away with him. Right. Yeah, we still don't know what happened. Yeah. We still don't know yeah. what happened. Right.
4: All right. Real quick, my number two. Then we'll uh, we'll get to a bunch of these here, um, which are some really good ones here. Real quick. Uh, number two, just uh, sting coming from the Raptors, black and white. Um, don't say my yeah. name, or I'm going to get you in a Scorpion Death trap <laughs> As uh, Rick, yeah. uh, Rick Steiner and uh, and 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 Hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, unfortunately, oh, yeah. they they yeah they, they fell back to that. All right, number one.
2: Uh, my number one is the, the actual debut of Nitro. The Marvel America. Yeah. Actual debut uh, is there's no no event. Now you know we could always say Sting and the Raptors right and Goldberg and these match. No bigger event than the actual first Nitro was started the wars. It, it changed wrestling history forever. If it wasn't for Nitro, Raw still would be cartoons. Raw would still be paint. Yeah. You still have to watch that What's Westminster dog show.
5: <laughs> right. Raw um,
2: well, would yeah. not be live every week.
5: Absolutely.
4: Uh, my number one, real quick, is the NWR debut. Uh, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Um, yeah. all right, real quick. Uh, Justin says, when Sam McMahon showed up and started the invasion angle, that was really good. Good choice, mm-hmm. one. Um, on that one. Yeah, that was really good. That was a really good choice. Uh, got a comment here that said, um, oh, that was a really good one, too.
0: Um,
4: Chris says, when Rick Rude was on Nitro and Raw at the same night, that was a really good one, yeah. too. Yeah, was good one. Um, um, Booker T Booker dropping the N bomb that was not on Nitro. It's
2: a great um, moment, though. <laughs> yeah, he hits
4: Lawn Dart Mysterio, is what Saxon is. Oh, no, Danny, no. Seven character, that was terrible. Uh, but he hits a seven. <laughs> yeah, uh, seven. Uh, uh, Manual. Xbox is Ric Flair comedy with the fake noise Oh yeah that was a good one too That was a good one too The parody The uh, the DX parody Oh yeah it would be an honor It would
2: be an honor It
4: would be an honor all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sharing your uh, top five moments in uh, WCW Nitro history. Uh, I am Chris Featherstone. I am one of the editors here at Wrestling Rumors. Of course, Pancakes of Power Slam show, 297 episodes. Go back and listen to Wes Briscoe. I interviewed him on the beginning of the show. We talked about aces and eights, talked about his time in FCW, talked about his time in Impact Wrestling altogether. And uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Gentlemen, Crave Wrestling. Follow us at Crave Wrestling. Uh, follow Ghost of Crave Wrestling. Follow us at Crave Wrestling. And join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. And until next week, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for supporting the show. 297 episodes. And until next week, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. On behalf of Evan Tech Proud with Better and Matt Radio.
0: Sure.
4: You know who I am, but you don't. Know why I'm here. I'm
2: here. God bless <laughs> you all. Enjoy week your weekend. You. God
4: bless and have a good night. Goodbye.
2: Good night, guys. Love you all.